Welcome to Live Prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Thursday evening. I pray you had a great day today. It's good to be back together once again after a quick little 23-hour turnaround. If you're new to the program, you're watching Live Prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday, 11 to midnight Eastern Daylight, Eastern Standard Time. Daylight's coming up. Eastern Standard Time, wherever you're watching me throughout this great land of ours, sea to shining sea, border to border. Thank you for tuning in. Friends and other far-off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I'm Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Check us out online, web address coming up on your screen, LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer.com. Woo! Out of breath, had to uh, hustle to uh, flip a couple switches there. Good to be with you tonight. Hope you had a good Thursday as we're rolling our way through another week. I pray it was a great day for you. Looking forward to tonight's program. We have a lot of really interesting things to talk about tonight. How about that Fanny Willis? Wasn't she some today? My goodness. I got to tell you, though, that was some good TV. I mean, that was kind of like OJ-esque TV today. <laughs> uh, you know, I have said for a long time, and those who watch the program have heard me say this, Donald Trump comes up with the best enemies. He really does. I mean, he, he is blessed to have some of the best enemies. What a show that was today. I could use a lot of different ways to describe what happened in Fulton County today, but we'll just call it a show for now, and we will get into it in just a few minutes. Four things I ask you to do for me each night on the program. First, pray for me and the program. Thank you for taking the time and consciously making that uh, effort to do that. That means so much to me. Second, please encourage people to sign up for our free daily devotional. Be in their email every morning. Free again, like everything at Live Prayer. Just go to my homepage, upper right hand corner, click on the sign up link. Couple pieces of basic information, they're all set to go. Third, tell people about this TV program. Now more than ever, people need to know not just what's going on. They, they see, here's the problem. And I get it, people are busy. They've got two, three jobs, they're raising their kids, they're trying to, you know, enjoy some entertainment and try to enjoy life a little bit, you know, going to church, Bible study, very busy. And at the end of the day, they just, you know, catch the edges of what's going on. And that's dangerous because depending on what you're listening to, even good sources, the edges don't really cut it. That's why an hour a day 
on this program gives you not just what's going on, but the meat and potatoes of what's going on, why it's going on, where it's heading. So as things unfold, you're not shocked. You already know something was going to happen because you watch this program and you understood how things were going to unfold. So uh, tell people about the program. Last of all, of course, is if this ministry has been a blessing to you, please pray about supporting us. Uh, we don't, uh, you know, I guess my, be- I, I, I was on some interviews a couple weeks ago. One guy said, well, how would you describe yourself? You don't have buildings. Everything you do on the, is on the internet. Uh, you don't have a big staff. Uh, you know, you, you hammered out 12, 14, 15 hours a day. I said, you know, I guess the best description just as a general description, would be like an Old Testament prophet. They didn't have big followings. They didn't live in, you know, the luxurious palaces like the priests of the day. They didn't wear the fine clothes and eat the sumptuous feasts and hobnob with all the political leaders of the day. Sounds like a lot of the priests of our day, doesn't it? I said, you know, I just... I have the freedom because I'm not controlled by anybody, because I'm not owned by anybody, to tell the truth, not have to, you know, worry about, well, will this person get mad? Will that person get mad? Um, And just declare what saith the Lord. And that's what this ministry has been about. And for that reason, I don't need millions of dollars to operate. That's the other beautiful, I mean, the freedom that brings. Now, listen. You know, one of my one of one of the burdens God's given me for the last thirty years is the burden of having to get up every morning and you know pray about you know what we need that month and trust Him and walk in faith and that is easier some months than other. Uh, but at the end of the day, God's faithful. But also at the end of the day, I'm not. I don't wake up some morning and need like six million dollars just to meet payroll on Friday. You know what I mean? So it's it's very freeing. And uh, we've been able to to do this now 30... Listen, you don't stay around anything for 30 years if things aren't right, okay? We've been online now 25 years. In a couple weeks, we will have been on TV 21 years. You know, our track record, the fruit of what we do over this quarter century, all speaks for itself. And that's why I encourage you, Pray about making the sacrifice to help me out this month as we uh, are in a short month to begin with. Go to my homepage, upper right-hand corner, click on the uh, the uh, donation link. It gives you our address in St. Petersburg, Florida. Also, a link to our credit card portal if that is uh, more convenient for you. And uh, whatever you can sacrifice, you know, money's relevant. For some people, a $5 donation is a big deal. I get that. I I. It is as precious to me as a $5,000 donation, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart because I know for somebody that $5 was was a a huge sacrifice as much as the person that might be blessed in a better position at that moment in time to be able to give $5,000. So however God leads you, be obedient, give it cheerfully as an act of worship, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to gather in your name once again. Lord, after all these years, it never gets old. It never gets monotonous. It never gets 
Oh, just another program. Every night is special. Every night is unique. The emails we get every night are special because it is a special night for many people, a night they weren't expecting, but a night that they met God in some special way. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for my friends who join me. I pray for them. Pray for their families. Pray for your blessings upon them in their home. Thank you for this day, the blessings we've known. And Lord, we commit this hour to you. Now use it for your glory. Speak to our hearts, our Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Before I get to the show in Fulton County, let me start out with the shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs victory parade yesterday. We are over 48 hours into this now, and they have still refused to give any information about the two shooters, and and it is two, okay? And I told you last night what this was all about. Again, this is one of the reasons, you know, people need to watch this program, and people do watch this program, because what's going to come out is you've got two juvenile young black men who were in a beef with each other, and sadly, a young lady died in the uh, crossfire, and you've got dozens of people that are injured, many of them children, but you're not going to hear about it from the media. The media is going to lose the story. Even, even when they finally announce who these two shooters are, you might get a blip of it for 15 seconds. That's it. And when you do, they're going to say, two young men have been uh, charged with the shoot. They're not going to tell you they're two young black men, gangbangers, because that's what they are. But see, it's the wrong narrative. And that's why the media is going to ignore it. Now, you've got, because it was at a Kansas City Chiefs parade, Super Bowl victory parade, you've got the ever-political ESPN out there banging the anti-gun drums. Because at the end of the day, they are just as liberal, just as politically liberal as CBS, ABC. I mean, don't forget, you know, from my Disney. ABC, Disney, PSPN, it's all the same pot, okay? And they're out there, like I said, banging, oh, we got to do something about the guns. I mean, if you watch some ESPN sports shows in the last day or so, you'd think you were watching CNN or MSNBC where they bring, a, bring in all the gun grabbers. Right, they they polish off that uh, that uh, scammer kid. Uh, what was his name David Hogg? It wasn't even that Parkland when that shooting went down. Um, listen, guns aren't the problem. And, and let me tell you something, Robert Griffin the uh, Third. I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, he won the. Heisman Trophy years ago, wasn't that many years ago, maybe 10, 12 years ago, something like that. And again, this is off the top of my head. I believe it was for Baylor. Uh, Again, I believe, I'm 95% sure he played for the Washington Redskins. He was the rookie of the year, if I remember correctly. Uh, But he was like a Michael Vick. He was a running quarterback. And in the NFL these days, the defensive guys 
are just as they're just as fast. They're bigger. They're stronger. And these guys don't last very long. And Griffin had a super rookie year. He was not a bust, but yeah, kind of a bust from there on out. Anyway, he's doing commentary now. He was on the gun soapbox. And I wish a guy like Robert Griffin III, who's got this platform, you know, a Heisman Trophy winner, a, 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 a Rookie of the Year uh, NFL player who's got this ESPN platform, I would love to see him out there talking about, hey, this isn't about guns. This is about black boys growing up in these, you know, impoverished neighborhoods with no fathers. And they grow up in the streets and they grow up in the gangs and this is the byproduct. This is not a gun issue. This is a fatherless, uh, 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 the, the fatherless black culture that is per- pervasive in so many of our cities where kids are growing up without any real parental uh, love and nurturing and guidance and, and rules. And they grow up in the streets and they grow up in the gangs. And this is the byproduct. So you're not gonna you're not gonna hear hardly anything more about this. The media again, they'll they'll milk it. You know they're gonna milk it for a little bit for the for the gun issue, right? But then they'll drop they'll drop it. It's the wrong narrative. The wrong narrative. It's like it's it's like the mentally ill trans. Shooter at the uh, Osteen Church. Hear anything more about that? Nope. Nor will you. The trans shooter at the Nashville Christian School. Not only do, do, do you never hear anything about the manifesto, and you never will, but nobody talks about that anymore. Not, not the narrative. Not the proper narrative. If it's not some white racist or their ultimate dream come true. You know, a, a Trump voting MAGA hat wearing uh, uh, white man who just hates everybody, right? They have nothing to do with it. So they hit it for a day on the gun issue and then they, and they drop it. So just so you know what the deal is, that's the deal. Now, let's go to the clown show and I think that's being very judicious, just for the record. That was the hearing today in Fulton County. And this hearing came about because one of you've got Donald Trump and 18 co-defendants that they're trying to uh, put on trial on a RICO case. Now, RICO was the racketeering uh, statutes that they put together in the late 70s to basically fight organized crime. And it was the RICO statute that then U.S. Attorney Rudy Giuliani used so successfully to take down the five crime families in New York. They're using those same racketeering statutes because Donald Trump and the 18 co-defendants dared to question the veracity of the election in Georgia, which it was dirty. And we know it was dirty. 
Yet they're claiming because they questioned it, they, they are now calling it uh, election interference. There's nothing against the law. But listen, if it's a if it's a crime to question election, Stacey Abrams, remember her, ran for governor, never conceded, claims it was stolen. She should be in prison. Matter of fact, if that's the standard, Democrats in 2000, when they claimed, you know, Gore actually beat Bush, remember? Bush wasn't elected, he was elected, remember? 2004, when Bush was re-elected, they, they claimed it was stolen. 2016, my goodness, Hillary should be not in a prison, under a prison. She still claims they that the Russians stole it, when we know darn well. Well, we got more on that one, too. We know darn well that was a lie. A lie she concocted. So, I mean, if the new standard is, if you, if you, uh, uh, question an election outcome, they're going to prosecute you. There's a lot of Democrats that should be on trial right now. But the problem was the district attorney in Fulton County, Bonnie Willis, who, by the way, just to remind you, her father, she grew up in California, her father was one of the original Black Panthers, a very militant, violent group that was active during the Civil Rights era. They were the antithesis of Martin Luther King's uh, peaceful movement. They were a violent movement. Her father was one of the key people, the Black Panthers. So just to give you an idea of where she comes from, and of course, she is a Soros-backed DA. Okay, soft on crime. And the day she took office, she was recruited by the White House to go after Trump. And as we talk many nights, the White House has coordinated all of these prosecutions, whether it's New York, whether it's the uh, special counsel Jack Smith, Fannie Willis in, in Fulton County. Here's Fannie Willis's problem. One of the defendants found out that the lead prosecutor has never prosecuted not only a RICO case, he's never prosecuted a felony case. He's an ambulance chaser, a traffic court judge. Zero experience. Oh, and then it gets even better because he and Fani were sexually involved. Oh, and even better. He was taking her all around the world on these beautiful vacations to Belize and the Bahamas and Napa Valley, touring the wine country in Florida, all over the place. And it turns out that when she hired him, as the special, as the head of the special prosecutor on the uh, Trump case, not only did he have no experience, no qualifications to be in that position, she was she was paying an exorbitant amount of money, over seven hundred thousand in a couple of years, and she didn't get the authorization from the Fulton County Commission to even hire him. So they found all kinds of red flags. So the judge had really had no choice but to put on an evidentiary hearing to see if she is even going to be allowed to stay on the case and if she's even going to keep her law license when it's all said and done, along with the boyfriend, Attorney Wade. So that's what happened today in Fulton County, Georgia. It will, end to, it will conclude tomorrow. Um... Basically, you had the attorney for one of Trump's co-defendants that was 
leading the charge. She was more like the prosecutor. Uh, other attorneys for Trump and some of the others uh, also had the ability to be involved because they have a stake in this. And the defense attorney, in an interesting twist, was actually an attorney from the Fulton County District Attorney's Office that was trying to defend Wade and Bonnie Willis. Here's the bottom line. First of all, they put on a witness today that proved that they lied about when the affair began. They claim the affair began on one date. In actuality, it began much earlier than that, long before she hired him. They claimed in a, in a sworn affidavit to the court that the affair began after he hired her. That's not true because a witness, a friend of Bonnie Willis, testified under oath today that the affair began a good six to eight months before she hired him. So they lied in sworn court affidavits. That's perjury. Okay, that right, th that right there is enough to get them thrown off the case and it could put them up before the bar for possible disbarment. And then they question the, 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 uh, the, the, the paramour, the lover, this attorney, Nathan Wade, who, by the way, <laughs> was in the middle of a divorce when all this is going on. Uh, I mean, it's it, it, it just just a circus and a mess. It, 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 you know, I mean, you could see why it made for, I guess, interesting TV, right? But they lied about when the fair began, and then they had a real problem because of these trips. Nathan Wade testified today on this thing. He 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 testified before Fonnie Wells. He testified that, yes, he paid for all these lavish vacations, but she paid her share. In other words, she paid him back for her share because the claim that the uh, Trump and the defendants are making is not only, not only did they violate all kind of ethics with this affair and all that, but she benefited financially from this relationship. In other words, she's authorizing him to make 700,000 bucks and then she's getting like a kickback in all these lavish trips. Well, obviously they had cooked up this amazing story. Wade testified under oath today that when they took these trips, Fanny always paid her, her, her share of the trip. In other words, she didn't want him paying for her shit. She paid her, her part of the trips. Okay? Okay, great. Now we know Wade, we know Wade paid for all this initially because they've got Wade's credit card statements from his divorce proceedings. So when he claimed that she paid him back, okay, that's fine. So that should be easy to prove because I'm sure she's got checks she wrote, credit card, maybe, maybe she paid his credit card bill or something like, you know, there should be some documentation. Oh no, wait to hear this. He claims she she always paid him back in cash. Now we're talking about ten thousand, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. And as soon as I heard him say she paid him in cash, I'm thinking she better have some, you know, like like 
if you need a thousand dollars cash, you either go to an ATM. I think I don't think wait, wait, I don't even think I, I never use ATMs. I don't like the fees, but uh, I don't even think a couple hundred bucks have an ATM. But you know, if you need a thousand dollars cash for whatever, you go to the bank and write a check for a thousand cash, and they give you a thousand cash. Boom, and you've got a you know a, a paper trail. So I said, okay, well, this is an interesting twist, and she better have these, you know, she better have some bank backup to prove that, you know, she paid him all this cash, right? So, without going into all the nonsense, because it, it was a circus, okay? It really was. Um, I mean, I was looking for the elephants and the clown car and all that. I mean, it, it, was, a, it was a circus. So he gets done. She gets on the stand. Now, the district attorney was arguing with for the judge to not make her testify. And in the middle of the argument, all of a sudden, Bonnie Willis comes storming in the courtroom. She's mad, angry woman, angry woman. And let me just, let me just, because I've got too much content I need to get to tonight to, to waste more time with this, because it kind of is a waste of time. But let me summarize her and where this is going. First of all, and I'm honestly, I'm not being mean. I am not. She's not a smart woman. She's not. She she is not intelligent. There was a conversation about the how many the, the various continents that I guess Mr. Wade was a world traveler. They want to know how many continents she traveled with him. She says, I don't know how I mean which kind? She didn't know that. She didn't know how many continents. Which continent? I mean, it's like basic what fourth grade history or civic stuff. I mean, world history. I mean, just basic. Not smart. Very angry. Very angry black woman. I'm the. Now I'm just. I'm just. Listen. You can watch it for yourself if you want. It's all over the internet. If you watch on TV, I'm just telling you what was obvious. Okay. Kept interrupting the uh, attorneys. Wasn't listening to the judge. The judge had to, you know, you know, re remand her a few times for, you know, just tell her, listen to the question, answer the question. She wanted to talk and talk and talk. Uh, very, very angry, very quarrelsome. But um, she, too, uh, lied about when the affair began based on the testimony of her friend. And then when you get to the, uh, and then when you get to the cash business, she says that she keeps cash at home. She always, she learned uh, from her father that, you know, you always had to have six months cash at home. So she always had a lot of cash at home. So there were no bottom, there were no bank records showing where she, you know, cashed a check for $3,000 to give to, uh, her, you know, attorney Wade to pay him for her portion of the trip. There is no record like that. So the whole issue of her paying him for her portion of all these lavish vacations, it is clear, it is totally whether you believe them or not. Here's where this is going. You understand something. This is Fulton County, Georgia. Fulton County is a, is a, is a very, uh, Fulton County, Atlanta, and the surrounding counties 
is probably where a good there, there's a probably the most consolidated group of of, of very uh, rich, well-off uh, black people in this country. Now, there's rich black people all over the country. I'm, I'm, but as far as a concentration of black wealth, probably Atlanta and those surrounding counties is probably in this country. And Fulton County, of course, is a very heavy African-American uh, county. Uh, you got a white judge, Bonnie Willis and this uh, Wade guy, of course, are both black. Um, so, I mean, you got to factor that in. Technically, this should be a slam dunk. Technically, they should both be thrown off the case. I still believe at the end of the day, that's what the judge is going to do. Now, that's not going to end the case, but it will force them to put another prosecutor on the case, and that prosecutor is then going to have to look at this and decide whether they even want to go forward with the case. Because whatever, whatever happens, if they do go forward with this case, it is tainted at this point, and that taint's not going away. It certainly isn't going away if Fonnie Willis and this Wade guy continue, and it's not going to go away even if you get rid of them, kick them off and put somebody else on. So we'll see about that. My gut is they're both going to be taken off the case. Now, I do not believe that they're going to put them up for disbarment or try to prosecute them for perjury or any of that even though that may be very warranted. At best, at best, they may uh, call the Attorney General's office into this to further investigate what should happen to them. In other words, they're getting kicked off. You do an investigation to see if anything should happen to them. Again, with the dynamics of Fulton County, even if the Attorney General gets involved, I do not believe that at the end of the day they're going to be disbarred prosecuted, any of that. So we will see. It's back on 9 o'clock tomorrow. My gut is the judge is probably going to take a few days after this to rule. Okay? So there's the big circus of the day. Uh, let me talk real quick about the other night when the Democrats flipped that New York uh, Long Island seat that Santos had that the Republicans couldn't wait to kick him out of the party which was insane. Yeah, he's got legal problems. So little. Bob Menendez, a Democrat senator from New Jersey, is under six indictments. He's still in the Senate because they got a one seat lead. They're not going to kick Bob Menendez out and lose and lose that uh, uh, advantage. But the Republicans—that's how stupid they are. That's how short-sighted they are. Anyway, that seat, sadly, was a Democrat seat. Now, the reason Santos won primarily was because he embraced Trump, embraced, embraced the MAGA movement, and uh, pulled an upset and flipped that seat, which was normally a Democrat seat, to Republican. Well, they put some woman up who had nothing to do with MAGA, distanced herself from Trump and the American First movement. You had a Democrat who had formerly held that seat. He acted like a Republican talking about how he was pro-border and all this. And then, of course, you've got the Democratic machine in New York, you know, ballot harvesting, dirty voter rolls, probably outspent that woman in the Republican Party six, seven to one. 
So needless to say, that seat flipped back to the Democrats and it cut the Republican majority in the House down to just two seats now. So it's just stupidity. There was no reason to kick Santos out. You didn't like him, whatever. We needed his vote, and he was a 100% guaranteed vote for Trump. By the way, they would if they hadn't done that, they would have been able to impeach Mayorkas on that first vote. The reason, the reason they couldn't uh, uh, impeach him, they, they needed one more vote, and if they hadn't kicked Santos out, they would have had that vote. Now, thankfully, they got uh, Scalise back from his cancer treatment and was able to finalize the job the other day, but Unbelievable. By the way, uh, I was, and you know, I have no problem telling you when I'm wrong, which is not often, thankfully. And I don't like to tell you, I told you so, I, but I do have to say it every now. I told you so regarding that whole nonsense with the national security threat yesterday. That was 100% about trying to shake loose the $60 billion for Ukraine, and also jammed through the FISA uh, renewal without limiting the government scope in their abuse of that FISA uh, process, spying, illegally spying on American citizens. That's what that was all about yesterday. Just what I told you last night, that's exactly what it was all about. And by the way, Turner, who's, a, who's the uh, head of the House Intel Committee from Ohio, I found, I didn't know this yesterday when I told you. I mean, just the timing of everything just made sense, okay? But I found out last night after the show, through some contacts, that last weekend, guess where Turner was? He was breaking bread in Kiev with Zelensky. <laughs> See, I, like I told you, folks, None of these things are coincidences. These things don't happen by accident. They, they, they ran this, you know, this uh, uh, national security alarm up the pole. Russia! They were, it was all about Russia putting nukes up in space. We've known about that for the last four or five years. This isn't news. Oh, there might be a twist or two that might be new, okay, maybe. But the actual, the, 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 the foundation of what this is about. We've known about it. It was all about fear-mongering, trying to fear-monger some more people into voting, into moving that $60 billion Ukraine package. By the way, don't forget what I've always told you. That $60 billion, the reason they are freaking out because they can't get that $60 billion to Ukraine. Oh, and by the way, the Republicans are gone for the next week, so they're not even in, in, in a session next week. So it's not moving next week. <laughs> but the reason they're freaking out, losing their mind, playing every game possible to get that $60 billion to Ukraine, don't forget, Zelensky knows everything. He knows all about the Biden uh, corruption in Ukraine. He knows how Ukraine was involved in 2016 in trying to help Hillary uh, beat Trump. They were involved in all of that mess. Remember, it was a global uh, 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 operation to try to taint Trump as a Russian stooge. The 
Ukraine, the uh, people running the State Department, Marie Yovanovitch, Victoria Nuland, evil people like that that were in Ukraine, they were totally on board with helping Hillary, you know, trying to dirty up Trump. They were, Zelensky knows all of that, okay? Like I've been telling you, that $60 billion has been an excuse to launder a lot of money, ex, you know, pay off Zelensky and oligarchs in Ukraine that know all of our dirt. Don't forget, we've got all those biolabs over there that we never knew about till this whole thing popped, right? And in the process, they're sacrificed, they've sacrificed an entire generation of young men. I mean, they've literally... They've literally put to death a hundred some thousand of their own citizens in return to getting this money. It's sick because they never have had, never will have any chance of winning this war or even coming close. It's a sick situation. And our military industrial complex, the warmongers that keep pushing this stuff, all of the corrupt politicians that have their hands in the Ukraine cookie jar, these people all have the blood, not only of those dead Ukrainians, but those dead Russians too. There would be no dead Russians today if Trump was still president. There would be no dead Ukrainians today if Trump was still president. They couldn't wait to get... This is, and this is one reason they're doing everything possible to keep him from coming back. It's funny, Johnson reached out earlier this week to meet with Biden in the White House about the border. Biden has no desire to. Biden could care less about the border. Biden likes the border just the way it is. All he wants is that Ukraine money. Johnson wants to talk about the border. Biden doesn't want to talk about the border. Oh, listen to this. There is a a major radio uh, conglomerate that has 235 radio stations in 48 markets around the country. Uh, the name of the organization is, is Audacity. They're number two to iHeart. iHeart's the largest owner of radio stations in the country. Audacity is number two. Audacity is in some serious financial problems. Guess who came to bail them out with about 400 million bucks today? Uh, that would be George Soros. Think about this now. George Soros is going to have some control over 235 radio stations probably in the next 60 days. Just in time for what? Oh, yeah. The November election. They, they, sh- they should have taken away his citizenship and kicked him out of the country. Of course, with the, global, with the way the global economy set up, now he could do the same damage from anywhere in the world. He really could. He doesn't have to be in, in the United States. To do that damage. By the way, speaking of damage, CNN, they are losing so much money, they are going to have to make what they call drastic cuts to the salaries of their anchors. Anderson Cooper, uh, Chrissy Wallace, John Berman, all, all those clowns over there, they are going to get some serious cuts to their salaries. Their, their ratings are just horrible, just horrible. Just horrible. Uh, Special Counsel Robert Hur will be on the Hill in a public hearing on March the 12th regarding his 
report on Joe Biden's criminal criminality with the uh, classified documents and his uh, reasoning for not charging him based on his mental acuity. And I got to tell you something. The Democrats are going to sit there and they're going to try to rip Robert Hur a new one because of his because he had the audacity to not not only clear not just he not he cleared Biden, but then he had to give the reasons why because Biden is basically brain dead. And I'm telling you, they're going to be their worst enemies on that day. I watch it when it happens because. He's going to defend himself. He's a he's a he's a very intelligent guy, and he's going to defend himself. And they're going to get and they're going to get answers that they're not going to want to hear. By the way, Nikki Haley, she she has lost her mind. Uh, oh, her uh, adulterous affairs from five or six years ago; those are all now hitting front page news. She's freaked out. She's unhinged. Her political career. I mean, if you thought Ron DeSantis was a was a political dead man, Nikki Haley, she will she is she's got to move to another state, I think. She every chance she gets now. I mean, she says things about Donald Trump that is worse than most Democrats, if you can believe that. I mean, it's unbelievable. She's lost it. And uh, Trump in the the latest poll this morning in South Carolina, he's up by about thirty seven points. She's going to get shellacked next Saturday night. The South Carolina primary is a week from Saturday night. Um. Uh, by the way, speaking of, uh, uh, I saw a bunch of new polling out this morning, including third party candidates. We know RFK is going to be running. And he's going to get 10 to 12% of the vote, it looks like. Which, that's a chunk. Jill Stein, she's running Green Party. She's going to get probably 2%. That's what she normally gets. And Cornell West is going to probably take 2%. Now, that 2% from Cornell West, that's almost 100% coming out of Biden's votes. The 2% from Jill Stein, that's almost 100% out of Biden's votes. RFK, they say for every 10 votes he gets, two are going to be Trump votes, eight are going to be Biden votes, which is a net of about 6% of his votes are coming out of Biden. That's 10%, folks. That's, that is territory. That is territory that they can't print enough ballots. You know why? There's not enough voters in the country to justify the number of ballots they'd have to print to cheat, to put Biden over the top with these kind of third-party candidates. The Democrats, they are livid. They know these third parties are their death note. Because don't forget, if it's just Biden and Trump, Trump's going to need to get somewhere, you know, 49 50%. You factor in Cornell West, Jill Stein, and RFK, which are all guaranteed. Now he only needs about 40%. Donald Trump has got 40% locked and loaded all day long. All day long. And of course, now you got the Atlantic, which is a major uh, uh, liberal rag, 
that's financed by Steve Jobs' widow, okay, like all the uh, liberal uh, media organizations, it, they all lose money. None of them make money. The only ones that exist are because you've got billionaires like Jobs' widow that basically finance them, like uh, Bezos finances the Washington Post that is losing $100 million a year, okay? But it keeps going because it's his propaganda arm, right? Atlanta came out tonight. They said, Joe has got to go. Joe's going to get destroyed. And that's without even really factoring in these third party. Also, there might be another group running that no labels group. There's talk of Joe Manchin being at the top of the ticket with Mitt Romney. Now, whether that happens or not, we'll see. But doesn't mean you can, you know, rest easy because you know the Democrats. And listen, like I told you, if the Democrats can't, like, go through their normal cheating, you know, rituals to steal the election, if it looks like they're losing, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Start a war. I mean, any they they will do anything. They're they, if you think they're just going to hand the keys to sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue to Donald Trump, you aren't paying attention. He's going to have to win and win big. He's going to have to stay alive. And then something nobody's talking about. It's a little premature, but don't forget. Even after the election's over, there's a there's that sixty day transition period before Trump actually takes power on January twentieth of twenty twenty five. Right, the elections on November fifth. The uh, tr uh, Trump takes power on uh, January twentieth. So you got that sixty some day uh, transition period. Right. If you think that the Democrats in the deep state aren't going to lay landmines and try to screw things up in that 60 days. I mean, winning the election, just for the record, you know what winning the election is, my friend? Let me give you a good, let me give you a great analogy. It's what I told you the night Roe versus Wade was overturned. Listen, we had a moment of rejoicing. It was a four, it was 49 years of blood, sweat, tears, billions of prayers, Billions of dollars that finally came to fruition 49 years later with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. But remember what I told you that night. Yes, it takes the federal government out of the baby killing business. But the war is nowhere near over. It's just shifting now to the states. And we're watching, and we watch that unfold ever since Roe was overturned. The pro death crowd, the pro baby killing crowd. They are maniacal going into these states to push their baby-killing agenda. Something I've been mentioning to you a couple nights, for a couple nights, let me just mention it again. Independent journalists, Matt Taibbi, uh, a guy named Gutentag, and Michael Schellenberger. These three guys are not part of any of the mainstream media organizations. They all were at one point. They all left because they were they were tired of being just pawns for the regime. 
They are the ones that put together finally the one clear story of how the CIA, led by John Brennan, with Obama and his FBI, using the intelligence agencies of foreign countries, worked to basically put together the whole Trump-Russia hoax to try to stop Trump from first winning the presidency in 2016 and then trying to ruin his presidency once he was in. Crimes were committed. Don't forget, they are, they are the, 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 the deep state have lost their minds because they are looking for that binder that's got all of this documents. The binder's missing. And I told you a long time ago, my gut is that binder is in the possession of Donald Trump. That is going to be his ace in the hole when, it, when it's time to play that card and it's going to destroy the deep state when he does. Now, but here's just a point that I want to uh, make for you tonight. You've got three very well-respected journalists, all who were part of the corporate journalism world for years, okay, who have put together every fact that anybody needs to know after eight years proving the whole Trump-Russia hoax. Who was involved? Who was committing crimes in what they were doing? It's all laid out in detail, okay? Detail. Not one second has been committed to this blockbuster story by any of the corporate media, CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, MSNBC, Washington Post, New York Not Not one second. And they spent three years pushing these lies on the public. But don't forget, that was all eight years ago. It's like I told you the other night. By the time the, the truth finally comes out about these things, there are three, four scams down the road. Since then, what we've had? I mean, we've had uh, the Hunter Biden laptop. We had, wait, we had two impeachments first, two garbage impeachments. We had the Hunter Biden laptop. We had the stolen 2020 election. We had January 6th. All of that's taken place since the Russia hoax. And they've been, of course, pushing their agenda, their regime narratives on all these other ones. So there's no accountability. Now, I'm pleased to be able to tell you tonight that anybody that's been with live persons late 2015, none of these stories that have now come out are a surprise because over the course of 2016, 2017, ended a little bit 2018. By 2018, anybody watching this show already knew all these facts because I was popping them out as, as we were getting confirmation of all this stuff. So we've known this stuff for, what, six years now? But at least now the record's out for the rest of the world. But it's sickening to watch the media out there just absolutely uh, refuse to even acknowledge this stuff. It's real. It's really disgusting. It really is. Uh, let's see here. Oh, during Trump's four years in office, 
you had mental health professionals on the corporate media networks all the time claiming he's mentally unfit to to uh, hold office okay even though he took a in his physical every year he took a cognitive test and don't forget his doctor was ronnie jackson ronnie jackson who who's now a republican senator or a congressman from texas he for for three years, he was George Bush's doctor. He was a White House physician for three years for W. Eight years for Biden, or Obama. And the first three years of Trump. He's not some partisan. He was a White House physician for, you know, 14 years. Republicans and Democrats. Yet they mocked him for uh, saying, oh, Trump's fine. Now they refuse to even talk about Biden. There is something in journalism called the Goldwater Rule. Barry Goldwater ran for president in 1964. He said some kind of strange things. And you had mental health professionals claiming he was crazy. Journalism was still journalism back there. And they said, listen, we can't do this. And what became known as the Goldwater Rule is if you're not the if you're not the person that is physically uh, dealing with this patient, you can't go on the, in the media and make claims uh, without being the actual attending mental health professional. Called the Goldwater Rule. It's funny. They won't talk about Joe Biden's mental health now because of the Goldwater Rule, right? But they had no problem for four years Refusing to acknowledge the Goldwater Rule even existed. And it was all to slime Trump. But here, here's the bottom line with, with Biden. And this is what the Atlantic article talked about tonight. They said, listen, he can't do, a, he can't run a legitimate campaign. He can't give a legitimate press conference. He can't be involved in a legitimate debate. They're desperately trying to keep the five-hour interview with the special counsel, this Robert Hur. They're desperately trying to keep that hidden from the public because God only knows what a five-hour interview with Joe Biden. Now, it's over two days, so it's probably two and a half hours each day. But even so, only God knows what a nightmare that must be. And they're doing everything in their power to keep that uh, hidden from the public. And that's another reason why they're saying they've got to get somebody in place. Joe cannot be the guy. But I just found it interesting how for four years the Goldwater Rule didn't even exist. But hey, once Joe gets in office, a true man with a true ment uh, a diminished mental capacity, now all of a sudden, uh, Goldwater Rule, we can't do that. <laughs> All right, folks. Wow, we got a lot of content in tonight, huh? Hey, listen, I know most people are busy and you don't have time, but if you if you if you want a good laugh tomorrow, um, nine o'clock, all the networks are going to be covering it. Trust me. I honestly, I honestly, this morning, Fox was covering it. I had it on a direct computer feed because I didn't know if anybody's covering it, but turned out CNN, MSN, they covered it too. 
And they weren't happy because you don't have to, you, you, only an idiot can sit there today and declare that that was anything but a train wreck and a nightmare for Fannie Willis and this attorney Wade. But they go back tomorrow at nine o'clock. You know, if you're busy, you may want to record it. Just say I have something to laugh at tomorrow night. Okay. But of course, tomorrow night, we'll give you a full rundown. All right. All right, before we get out of here, if you never made a decision for Christ, I want to make sure you have that opportunity because the most important part of this program each night is these last few minutes because although we have a brief journey through this thing we call life, eternity awaits all of us. This is a brief journey. It's over. It, the Bible calls it a vapor. It's like a vapor, Okay. Uh, it's over fast, and and when that's a, but when God creates, we have an eternal soul, and that eternal soul is exactly that. It's eternal. The only question is, where will your soul be for eternity, with God or without God? That depends on what you do with Jesus, because sadly, we're all sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it's faith in Jesus that can wash those sins away and ensure that when. Our journey here is over. We will be with God for all eternity. If you want to make that decision, pray with me now. Dear Lord, I come to you tonight asking you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I'm a sinner and ask your forgiveness tonight. I believe in my heart. Confess with my mouth. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And this night and forevermore, my life is yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My friend, if you pray in a minute, the Bible says you're saved, not because of a few words, because of your faith in God's grace, I have a book I'll send you. Won't cost you anything. Drop me an email, bkellerliveprayer.com. I'll get it out to you. If you need prayer for anything, don't hesitate to email me, bkellerliveprayer.com. Love and care about you so much. Have a wonderful night tonight. Hey, if you're one of those dinosaurs still working Monday through Friday, enjoy your Friday, TGIF. Lord willing, back here to close the week out tomorrow night, 11 o'clock. God bless you. What problems are you dealing with in your life right now? Do you feel like giving up? Times are hard and you're not strong. Well, I know the answer for you. And it will lead.